Coming up, Disney gets sued by a group of parents over recent changes to their policies regarding disabled guests. Disney opens up magic bands to day guests and those staying off property. And we'll have the top 10 threads on disboards.com for the month of March, including a post where at least one Dizzer claims to have found a way around the three fast pass per day rule. Also, a little later on, we'll talk about the little things we love at Walt Disney World. All that coming up next. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 694, for the week of April 8th, 2014. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming to you live from the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Warner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Dustin West, our producer, Dustin West, mm-hmm. associate producer, Sean Thompson, the lovely and talented Kathy Whirling. Mm-hmm. The also lovely and also talented Julie Martin. Hi, Finley. <laughs> and uh, back in the production, of our associate producer, Craig Williams, giving us his happy face. <laughs> and uh, we, um, we have a lot to talk about. It has been a crazy week. We've got so much to talk about. Telling the team before we started recording that this is, I, I don't think we're going to hit an hour with this show. I think we're probably going to go a little long. So those of you watching live, just be aware that, you know, probably going past three here. A uh, couple things in, in housekeeping. Um, I want to do some shout-outs to some folks that we met this uh, past week. We spent some time, uh, well, and spending a lot more time in the parks lately, but uh, in particular this, these last, uh, this last week, in all the years we've been doing the show, I have never been approached by so many people who watch and listen to the show in the parks. It was crazy. Every time we turned around, we were running into somebody, and it was great, and we loved it. And then, of course, there were the people who post on Facebook that we saw you and didn't want to say hello, didn't want to bother you. That drives me insane. Mm-hmm. We love uh, getting a chance uh, to meet folks. And so if you see us in the parks, by all means, please, please, we want you to stop us and say hello. We want to at least shake your hand and say thank you. Absolutely. Um, and uh, this is by no means an exhaustive list, but I did want to just uh, uh, give a shout out to Cameron. Uh, we met him and his dad at the Tower of Terror as we were coming off. And uh, had a nice little conversation. Yeah, nice little conversation with them. So hello to Cameron, and uh, ran into uh, Angelo and his girlfriend um, getting off a tour bus at the Magic Kingdom yesterday. We were doing the backstage Magic tour, Kathy, Dustin, and I. And the folks in the tour had like no idea, like you know, about this. <laughs> well, that's not true. They there actually were more people. There were some listeners on the bus mm-hmm. on the on the tour with us that were afraid, to, apparently afraid to say anything because they didn't say anything until the end of the tour. But uh, it was nice meeting them as well. It was yes. nice meeting them. But uh, we're getting off this tour bus at the Magic Kingdom, and this guy like freaks out and like starts getting all excited that he sees us and comes up and can you know can, can I take a picture with you guys? And the rest of the people on this tour are looking at us like, who the hell are these people? <laughs> um, so that was really really cool. It was very nice meeting you, Angelo. Thanks for stopping us. Um, we also want to give a shout out to uh, Gary Verville and his wife, who we met at Beaches and Cream. While we were having uh, lunch over at the Beach Club, 
Did you thank him for sharing everything on Google Plus? He is I did. great <laughs> yeah. about that. He is we and Dustin absolutely oh, did. Good. <laughs> and you know what's weird is that you know I always see his name come up when he shares yeah. when he shares that stuff, shares our videos and stuff. And I didn't make the connection until Dustin said, you know, thanks for sharing those those videos. I'm like, oh my god, that's right. That's now I know that name. So thank you, Gary. And that, like I said, there was a bunch of people I forgot to mark down your names, um, and I have a memory like a sieve. So. Please forgive me. It's nothing personal. It was great meeting everybody. I mean, we must have met a dozen people. Um, stopped us in the parks. So it was really, really cool. And uh, so when you see us in the parks, please, please stop and say hello. We really do enjoy it. Um, second in housekeeping, um, talking about being in the parks. Um, there's a lot of discussion that we've had on the show recently and over the years about cast members and you know, their importance, uh, especially those frontline cast members, their importance in terms of making our experience in the parks memorable and meaningful. We've also talked some about, you know, cast members maybe not being what they used to be in some cases. But um, this is an idea I had, and I I actually wanted to mention this a few weeks ago, but uh, I'm doing it. We're starting it now. Um, I'm starting a cast member hall of fame on the Diz Unplugged Facebook page. When you come across a cast member that you think is outstanding, extraordinary, did something to make your vacation, your experience extra special, reminds you of the way it used to be back in the day with those cast members that went above and beyond, we want you to take their picture, get their name, and email it to us at podcast at www.info.com, right? Or is it no? no it's unplugged. Sorry. <laughs> podcast Sorry, at old one. What? Podcast at disunplug.com. Yes. Okay, podcast at disunplug.com. Email us the picture and uh, the cast member's name and a brief story about why you think that cast member belongs in the cast member hall of fame. And then we will put that on uh, in a special gallery that we're going to put up on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash disunplugged. And uh, we're going to start with one that um, I encountered. Last week, when I had my mom and my brother at the park, and we were getting their annual passes, and this um, this cast member um, worked in the ticket booth there at Epcot, and uh, we have his picture to go up, uh, Craig? Yeah. yeah, there we go. And uh, it was Mike from Ohio, I believe. And uh, Mike just was phenomenal with my mom. Um and just so much, so full of personality and really helpful. Oh, and, that's nice. you know, and just, there was just something about his personality and how much he loved being there. And that just came through in what he was doing. And he was one of those cast members you walk away from and you're like, okay, that was really special. Um, especially watching him interact with my mom. And of course, that's going to, that's going to impact me. And, and, uh, I figure what a great what a great one to start with. And there's um, nothing tangible about that, you know. It's it's not one of those things where oh, you know, there was great guest service recovery. You know, he bought me a a plush doll because you know I'd spilled my ice cream, all that kind of stuff. This was just a good, solid cast member who but, knew what he was doing. And but I don't want to I don't want to undersell the cast members that do go oh, out and absolutely. get the plush doll and replace the ice cream and do that special stuff either. Absolutely. But you're right. There was you know there's an intangible quality. There's that X factor. I guess you could call it to some Disney cast members, and uh, you know, especially with Fast Pass Plus and my Disney experience and some of the challenges 
that Disney's been having with it. It's these cast members that have been taking the brunt of it. So um, I just wanted to do something nice and you know hold them up to uh, hold them up to praise and uh, let's get their name and their face out there and, and tell people this is a great cast member. This is somebody who's who's doing it right and who makes a difference when we experience them in the park. So we encourage I'm encouraging all of you in here and my my team uh, to do the same thing uh, when you're, in, you're you guys are in the parks all the time. Uh, you come across a cast member that just kind of gives you that that Disney magic feel. Take a picture. Tell us Family a story. Family members count. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a contest, so sure, why not? Um, but uh, also for you guys, um, Dis- uh, podcast at disunplugged.com. Why am I having trouble with our email address? <laughs> it's okay. Podcast at disunplugged.com. Send us a picture, the cast member's name, and a brief story about why that particular cast member made your vacation or your experience extra special we'd love to hear it um also want to remind everybody uh every thursday uh the disneyland edition of the dis unplugged goes up on our site disunplugged.com on this week's disneyland show mary joe takes a drive up to the 1880 union hotel in los alamos to sample kurt russell's line of wines (laughs) tough job pause there for a second (laughs) that's the wrong pause To sample Kurt Russell. <laughs> well, That's okay, too. No, it's, it's oh. Kurt Russell's line of wine. Does everybody have a wine a yes. winery now? Mm-hmm. The, yes. You know, the Kurt Russell winery? Um, uh, plus, uh, Michael Bowling talks about some recent presentations at the Walt Disney Family Museum focusing on Disney animation and animators. So check them out this Thursday, disunplugged.com. And uh, do we have anything? Oh, 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 I'm sorry. One other thing. The photo contest. Photo contest. We, we Votes stop next Monday, the 14th. Um, we are going to announce the winner of the Walt Disney World Prize on this show live. Tom and his team are going to announce the winner of the Disneyland Prize on his show next Thursday. So we need you to go out and vote, vote, vote for the pictures you think should win the top prize. And like I said, we are going to be giving away some other prizes to some deserving pictures that the team is going to team is going to select. But you have until next Monday to vote. That's when we turn off the votes, tabulate everything. And I got to tell you, I never expected that photo contest to be as huge. I've been huge. As it was over thirty-five, no, I'm sorry, over forty thousand votes now wow. have been cast uh, for wow. these pictures. So <laughs> it's gotten a lot of uh, it's gotten a lot of play, and uh, it's been great, and we've enjoyed it, and we've enjoyed seeing how creative some of you are in terms of the pictures you take. Uh, there are some pictures there that are just mind-blowingly good. So please go out. Um, you can get to it from the our Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash disunplugged. And you can vote in both the, for the Walt Disney World and Disneyland photos. And you can vote for as many photos as you like, but you can only vote for each photo once per day. And you can do that up until next Monday, April 14th, when we stop, vo- stop allowing the voting. And then we're going to announce the winner of the Walt Disney World trip live on this show next Tuesday, April 15th. Yes. Tax day. <laughs> It'll make tax day a little better yeah. for someone. It makes tax day a little brighter. <laughs> makes it a little brighter. So be sure to be sure to tune in for that. And Kathy, you have something? Yes, I have a quick request. Uh, the Harrisburg um, Give Kids the World meet 
is going to put out a cookbook that they're going to sell at the meet. So they're looking for recipes to include in the cookbook. And it can be anywhere from cooking tips, appetizers, salads and snacks, soups, casseroles, meat and seafood. They've got everything. They're shooting for about eight to ten recipes in each section with no more than a hundred recipes. And if you send it to them, um, you know, they're going to put it in the book. They're going to sell the, uh, the books at the event. And if you can't make it there, they'll mail them to you. So there's a, um email address, and we can have that up in the show notes, but it's chaos, C-H-A-O-S, one cent at gmail.com. So this is from Penny Evans Kelly as part of the committee there. So if you want to see oh, your recipe in a cookbook, now's your chance. All right. So, yeah, we will put that. We'll put a link to that in the show notes page, disunplug.com. And uh, I know I've got a couple of recipes that I want to Yeah, uh, It's hard in. because I... Most of mine are from somewhere else. Like, That's okay. Uh, it's okay to share those as long as um, um, in the description you rewrite. Give credit to like well, you can give credit. Crocker. <laughs> well, you give credit, but you you, also, you can give credit. But you, uh, it turns out since we have a lawyer on the show coming up in a little bit, he'll he'll correct me if I'm wrong here. But uh, you can't copyright a process oh. um, like that. Um, so technically, recipes aren't protected by copyright. Uh, the description of how to put the recipe together can be. Mm-hmm. So you just got to put that in your own words. Yeah. But you can also give attribution to the source. Okay. Nothing wrong with that either. But uh, yeah, so that's great. I'm looking forward to that. So send in your recipes. All right. Anything else in housekeeping? <clears throat> I have no. nothing. No. All right. Then we are going to give the poll results for from last week. We asked you what your favorite nighttime show at Walt Disney World was. Was it Wishes, Illuminations, Main Street Electrical Parade, or Fantasmic? As Craig is giving away the answers before I announce them. <laughs> um, and uh, we received just over 1,000 responses and probably a pretty decent margin. 41% of you chose Wishes at the Magic Kingdom, which is not on the slide. <laughs> so, wow. Hey, I found it. There, there we it go. Is. <laughs> Wishes at 41%. Um, at the Magic Kingdom, uh, Illuminations got 29% of the vote. Fantasmic got 16. Main Street Electrical Parade got 14. And uh, as I'm we sort do, of surprised by that. I, I was a little surprised by that, too. I would have thought it was Illuminations, um, especially looking at the comments. But the votes, uh, hmm. the votes went to wishes. Um, although, the I people mean, have spoken. People have spoken. Yeah. <laughs> I think Illuminations is the critic's choice. I think Wishes is for the people. Yeah. So the people are uninformed. and uh, I, would have thought I can say just, I really don't care for Illuminations. Gotta, and I can, and people, I get a lot of flack for this, but I just don't care for that giant ball and the whole drama of all that. I, oh, it's, all, it's almost torture for me to have to sit there and watch it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I have quite a torture. Yeah, you see, for me, it's Illuminations, but it really, Wishes is a very, very close Yeah, second. I was going to say, I would think it would have been closer. But no, 41% hmm. for Wishes, 29% for Illuminations. So as we do every week, we choose one person at random who answered the poll, and we give that person a $50 gift card. This week, it is Joe O'Kane, who is getting the card. So congratulations, Joe. And we will give you the topic of next week's poll at the end of this show. So stay tuned for that. And unless anybody else has anything for housekeeping, we're going to move right in 
to the news. It was a... Uh, uh, oh, I just want to also mention that uh, obviously John and Kevin aren't here um, because they're on their way to Australia. So we are uh, we're wishing them a safe travels. Safe travel. Yeah. They're gone for like four months. Um, <laughs> they're not back until like uh, the beginning of... Uh, I think the next show they're on is like May 7th or something. I mean, it's... <laughs> It's kind of crazy. Good for them. Um, but, yeah, that is good for them. <laughs> um, our first news story uh, this week involves a lawsuit filed last week against Disney by a group of California families who claim the changes Disney made to their guest assistance program last year are discriminatory against individuals with some degree of cognitive impairments. Uh, the 176-page lawsuit alleges that both Disneyland and Walt Disney World have violated the Americans with Disabilities Act as well as California law. For years, Disney Guest Assistance Card policy allowed guests with disabilities to receive an access card, uh, granting them certain considerations at attractions based upon the nature of their disability. In October of last year, Disney announced a major, major change to that policy, renaming it the Disability Access Service, or DAS, program, among the changes, guess whose only impairment was that uh, guess whose only impairment re- was related to mobility issues in many cases are no longer eligible for the DAS cards. Um, Disney says that they have made adjustments to the vast majority of attractions to allow those guests access to the regular queue. Uh, for guests with other cognitive or physical disabilities, the new system recognizing the recognizes those at uh, varying at varying levels. And uh, the lawsuit filed last week claims that the new DAS policy is, quote, so obviously discriminatory and so outrageously contrary to Disney's own knowledge of such guest special needs that Disney has come to disfavor the presence of cognitive impairments in their parks, which is just insane. Um, but... Uh, One of the major complaints in this lawsuit is that the new policy no longer allows for front-of-the-line access for guests with uh, cognitive uh, disabilities. Instead, they're given a return time, very similar to a fast pass. Um, But Disney also cautions that even that return time may not guarantee immediate access to the attraction. Part of the issue revolves around uh, children whose impairments make it difficult for them to wait in lines. The families bringing the lawsuit claim that they are not looking for priority access, but in the same sentence, they claim that they have a special need for near-immediate access to the attraction. So to help us wade through all this is our good friend and legal analyst, Jack Bergen, joining us live from Knoxville, Tennessee via Skype. How are you, Jack? Fine. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Jack wrote a great blog on this, um, which I borrowed heavily from in my, uh, my little intro there. Uh, that absolutely blew up uh, this past week. It's been shared like 26,000 times now. It's by far the most popular blog we've ever put up. And the opinions on this are running all over the gamut. But before we get into that, um, Jack, can you explain to me a little bit, or explain to all of us, a little bit about what the ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act, requires and what's Disney's responsibility there? Well, the ADA guarantees disabled employees or, or guests, rather, uh, 
more than a meet more than access it the literal language of the code is that it guarantees full and equal enjoyment and some examples for instance uh, of court decisions the uh, Ninth Circuit has held that movie theaters can be required to provide companion seating next to the disabled patron. And then movie theaters cannot put wheelchair-bound patrons only in the front row. So the idea being you've got to essentially try and treat the disabled patron the same as you would a non-disabled patron. So in terms of mobility issues, for example, by uh, by by changing these queue lines, which is what Disney has done, because that's Disney's response to, you know, uh, not really giving uh, these uh, guest assistance cards or these DAS cards now to people whose only issue is mobility. They're saying, well, you know, we changed the queue lines in all the attractions uh, so that wheelchairs can now navigate those queues and you can wait with everyone else. Um, if an attraction or a ride does not have uh, the necessary, uh, you know, necessary access, cast members at the entrance to the attraction are instructed what to do with those guests and where to send them. But they make accommodations at every single ride and attraction regardless. Um, so, I mean, they are, you know, in that regard, they are within the law. But here we're talking about cognitive impairments. So that would include children with autism, um, other, other developmental issues, or adults as well. Um, there was a story last year, too. Uh, I forgot if it was in the New York Times or the Daily News. But there was a story last year about the one percenters in New York who were uh, hiring disabled people as tour guides so that their families could get right on the attractions. And a lot of people believe that this policy changed because of that. But in fact, Disney was actually in the process of changing this long before that. Um, what do you think, how, do you think that has played into this larger story at all? That there's abuse going on and... and I do. I, uh, it. It's really hard to say for sure, though, because Disney has not exactly been consistent in what it said. Several folks have posted on the Internet some letters which explained to them that the changes adopted by DAS were because the guest assistance card had been abused and exploited. Now, the lawsuit itself alleges that Disney uh, was planning these changes for up to four years. So it's hard to see exactly what the real facts are. Well, from what we've heard, but, I'm sorry, go ahead, Jack. Well, the, the lawsuit specifically alleges that the problem never existed to any extent that an overhaul was even needed of the guest <laughs> assistance card. Well, I think that's and what... It even goes on to allege... We got a little lag sorry, here going. we have a delay. Yeah, know. that's fine. <laughs> that uh, Disney influenced the release of the publicity so it could raise that, roll out the disability access system. And that's, that's obviously a bit, a bit absurd that Disney would, you know, would do that. <laughs> well, what we There's have a lot in this lawsuit that's a bit over the top. <laughs> okay. Um, what we've, uh, what, 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 what I've been led to understand is that the reason that, uh, 
these changes came was not because of abuse, but just because of overuse that so many people needed them based on the way the system was, uh, that it was really impacting operations at the attraction. So what they had to start doing was really scaling back on who got these and why, but at the same time, not wanting to, this is my understanding. This is what Disney says, not wanting to limit guest access to the attraction. So they made some of these changes, but now they're just being more selective about how they're, how they're given out. Um, you know, one of the issues at, 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 at uh, stake here is the fact that let's say you have a child with autism and uh, that child, you know, really can't wait in, in, in long lines. Um, you go to the attraction and they give you a time to return. It's very much like a fast pass, as I said before. And for some people, they're saying that even that isn't good enough that because they go to the attraction, their, their child sees it and wants to go on it then and can't, and they can't explain, they're unable to explain to the child that we're just getting an appointment to come back and ride it later. The child wants to go on it then, and it just kind of initiates the same meltdown um, that they were trying to avoid in the first place. Um, but now, Julie, I think of anybody here, you're the only one that really has hands-on experience with this. Of course, your son, Ferris, has Down syndrome, and you're in the parks quite a bit. And you have had these issues with him in lines where there have been... Yes. Um, usually it would be a character meet and greet because, you know, when you could use the GAC card, it um, you couldn't use it for that, obviously. And you can't use that the DS card you cannot use for character meet and greets either, as I believe that's what I read, right? <laughs> I think that's correct. Um, right. So with the GAC card, you know, it made it easy for us where if a wait was over 30 minutes, which is what we consider Ferris's cutoff time, you know, where if it's past that time, he just starts getting antsy, irritable, he wants to be held, which is for us, he weighs 42 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It gets a little hard to do that sometimes. Um, Or he just, you know, lay down on the ground and Disney's not really somewhere I want him just laying on the floor. But uh, so it would allow us to be able to basically use our GAC card as a fast pass. Um, we have not used the DAS system yet since it's been implemented. Um, now we just sort of make a call where if it waits over 30 minutes, we just don't do it at this time. Because you know that's, you know, that's right. the, that's your son's limitation. Exactly. And we live here. So, you know, we don't plan a trip where we only have seven days or maybe 10 days and we have to do everything. You know, I'll say, okay, well, we can just do that the next time we come. We'll make that a priority, you know, that we have to do that no matter what. Just make sure we come a little earlier or, you know, just work it in somehow or distract him with a train ride. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I'm a little bit afraid of the DAS system, to be honest. Why is that? Um, just because it's different and I'm not, like, I'm not sure that Ferris, like, not that he doesn't qualify to say, because he does, I'm sure. But at the same time, like, I feel like there are other people who need it more than him, mm-hmm. you know, I guess. Okay. And we can always come back and do those things again, whereas some people can't. Right. So I feel like let those people do it. And, you know, if we find it where it becomes necessary, I think we would use it. Okay. And Corey wants to try it out. We just haven't. We haven't needed to use it. You know, well, it was usually a, if we need to, we use it. If we don't, we don't. Well, this is you know, one like of the it things. was a never, okay, we're going on every ride because we have this card and we can do it because we have Ferris, you know? Right. Like, it's not like that for us right, at all. Right. <laughs> well, I know what a lot of people, you know, what I've read uh, on the boards in particular, what a lot of people say is that really it is the parent's <coughs> responsibility to know their child 
and to understand right. what their child's limitations are and what they can and can't do. And Craig is crawling around on the floor. And <laughs> I'll tell you what's really nice, though, is that you can still use the stroller as a wheelchair pass. Right. That is something that uh, is part of this. Right. Um, that I'm sorry. That just completely threw me. With I know. <laughs> what was going on? For some reason, Dustin's camera went completely black in the oh. screen. Oh. So the next time we would have cut to him, he wouldn't have shown up. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, all right. Sorry about that, folks. I'm sorry. Um, Jack, I, I want to get back to Jack here. Um, what do you think the chances are that these plaintiffs are going to be successful with this lawsuit? Part of what you do in any lawsuit is to look and see what the court precedent has said. And there's a bit of an irony here because a test established in one of the Segway decisions that was one of the ones that was decided against Disneyland actually now pretty much supports Disney's position here. The court said that uh, Disney is required to start by considering how their facilities are used by non-disabled guests and then take reasonable steps to provide disabled guests with a like experience. And so if the plaintiffs are wanting near immediate access, or as they said in another place, uh, immediate entry, no appointment ride passes, part of Disney experiences is waiting in line. Uh, we don't like it, nobody does. But the fact of the matter is, this decision that was decided against Disney a few years ago is going to be a problem for these plaintiffs here. Now, having said that, they're in a very favorable forum to them, and the court may, in fact, try to make new law because there's not a lot of precedent on how to accommodate individuals who have developmental disabilities. And the court may say, well, in this instance, the test needs to be better refined. Well, you so know, while the... Look ahead, Jack. Go, go ahead. No, I'm, I was done. No, what I was, what I was going to say was that, you know, I... I've always felt personally that Disney went above and beyond. They went beyond what the ADA required in most cases. Um, and, you know, I can read about this stuff and read about the changes in the policy and read the back and forth from people about, you know, what they think of it. And, you know, as a person who is not disabled, as a person who is not required, I don't require uh, a DAS card, never have, and I've never really toured the parks with anyone who does. The closest I've ever come is uh, every so often my mom will rent a wheelchair because she's 83. But even then, my mother doesn't actually get in the wheelchair. She just likes to hold on to it and push it around the park. She likes to walk. Um, but even when she would get in the wheelchair, she never liked, you know, getting on the front of the line. You know, she didn't want that. She's like, I don't need that. Um, but that's the closest I've ever had with any experience with this. And so my, my opinion on the matter doesn't, doesn't count for anything. Um, I, I, I hear an awful lot of judgments being made by people who are able-bodied, don't have any experience with this, about how this should go. And my advice to you is shut up. You don't get a vote here. If you don't know what it's like to be in a wheelchair or have a cognitive disability or travel with someone who does... If you don't know what that experience is, then you can't, you can't 
offer anything meaningful to this conversation because you're just armchair quarterbacking. In this, there are times where armchair quarterbacking is fine. My God, I make a living at it. But there are times where you got to know, like on this particular issue, I, I really can't say. I can't say because I don't know what it's like to go around the park like that. I don't know what would be needed to provide a equal experience in those circumstances. And the amount of judgment going on, both on the blog that Jack wrote, on our disabilities forum, and on something we're going to get to in a second that we posted on Facebook this past week, is pretty stunning. It's pretty stunning. Um, and I, I just I, I wanted to make a point of saying to those of you, myself included, um, who do not tour the parks as a person with a disability or with a person with a disability, shut up. Shut up. You don't get a vote here. Your opinion doesn't matter because you don't know what it's like. And if you can't, on this particular issue, that's important. It's important to know what the barriers are. It's important to know what the issues are from a personal standpoint. And if you don't know that, then your opinion is ill-informed. And it's okay to have an ill-informed opinion, but when you're sharing that and attacking people with disabilities for having an opinion different than yours, you're going over the line. You're crossing a line you should not cross. Um, and that's not about political correctness. That's about basic human decency. And uh, generally speaking, I think most people are pretty decent with this, but every once in a while, we'll see a comment come across where I'm glad I'm not in the same room with the person who wrote it because I'd like to smack him in the side of the head. Um, there was one guy on the boards a few years ago who was saying that people in wheelchairs should not be allowed in the parks. Mm. And I, ca I, I can't tell you how much effort it took for me not to wish horrible things on that person. Um, but uh, I, I will see stuff like that, and that, that drives me insane. Um, but I, I wonder, Jack, if... Uh, well, I actually, before we get to this, before we get to, back to Jack, Dustin and I were in Hollywood Studios last week, and I'm, I'm, I'm showing this, and I posted it, not to cast judgment on either person in this video, but to show how strongly people feel about this issue. For those of you listening, I encourage you to go to our Facebook page and, and look at this video. We'll have a link to it in the show notes page. Uh, for those of you watching, there's a video that we posted on Facebook last week. We were in line at guest services at Hollywood Studios to upgrade our annual passes. And uh, while we were there, there was a woman who I would say was in her 60s uh, walking with a cane. And her mother, who I would guess was in her 80s, who at one point had been issued one of these guest assistance cards. It's a red guest assistance card. And she couldn't understand why she wasn't able to use one anymore. And the cast member was trying to explain to her that the policy had changed and if mobility was the only reason that she had gotten one, that she's no longer eligible for one, that she can use the, excuse me, the regular cues. Um, the cast member then wanted to confiscate the card. Uh, the cards are no longer valid and she would not be able to use it at an attraction, but she, for whatever reason, did not want to give it up. And we're going to play this video. This is what we witnessed happening at guest relations, outside guest relations at Hollywood Studios 
last Friday. Go ahead and Craig and, and play that. No. You need to keep your no. the card. I just need to point it out. No, I don't want to point it out. I just needed to point it out. No. I need to point no. it out. I need to point no. it out. I can call security no. if you want me to. No, yes, yeah. I can call security if you want me to. I just need you to let go of this so I can point it out. No, if I you, don't want it pointed. If you want me to help you, I can help you. I just need you to let go of this. Excuse me, Donald, can you give me a manager again? Hi, I'm a supervisor. What can I help you? All right, I so I need to point this waiting. out. And he's refusing to hand it back. Yes, unfortunately, we do have to retain those. I have to retain it from you. Unfortunately, we do have to retain those. That's our Right now, you take people that are disabled. So, um, I'm not sure how well the audio on that came through. So, for those who are listening, I think we'll, in post-production, we're going to have to bump that audio up. But basically, this woman did not want to give up the card. And what dis- the only thing that really disturbed me about this, other than the fact that this woman felt the need that, that this exchange had to happen, was that that guest relations cast member threatened to call security on her for not giving up this card. That I thought was out of out of line, completely and utterly out of line. Um, this woman was not threatening him; she was passionately stating her case. Right. Maybe she was wrong; doesn't matter. As like I said, I'm not passing judgment on that. But this kind of illustrates how it, it illustrates how deeply this this issue runs. And that went up, uh, we, we filmed that the day before Jack put his blog up. And so it was just kind of interesting that both of these things happened at the yeah. same time. But we did get a response from Disney uh, about guest rela- from Guest Relations about what that, uh, you know, what they, what they feel about that, that exchange. Kathy, what did they say? It said the um, <laughs> cast member should have never held the guest's item, the, the card, and challenged them should have said that it was not valid and would be confiscated if they tried to use it at an attraction. And all red guest assistance cards are now void and are no longer being issued. You know, the best thing to do would have been let them go to an mm-hmm. attraction. And the, right, you know. because at this point, it's just a useless piece of red paper. Right. It's no, there's nothing wrong with her just having it right. I mean, and keeping it. If and maybe even, it meant something to her. He Who even knows? said, I have to avoid it, and then you can keep it as a souvenir. But he said he had to avoid it. But it's already point, void. <laughs> it's already void. They're all dated anyway. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously this had expired and they, they know not to accept them at the attractions. I think she wanted, you know, what she was saying was that she was going to contact the ADA in Washington. And I think she wanted to hold on. And that was not in the video that had taken place before this. Right. She wanted to contact the ADA in Washington because she felt it was discrim- what he was doing, what the policy itself was discriminatory. And I think she wanted to hold on to that as proof. That, you know, they did issue this to me at one point, and why are they taking it away from me? Um, and I, uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it just, it, it break, actually, it breaks my heart to see that. It breaks my heart to see that kind of exchange taking place. But um, would it have helped if somewhere along the line when they started this new policy, when you went in, I don't know if they do or not, but giving you a piece of paper and said, here is the new policy. You know, like instead of just letting a cast member challenge you, if they would have given you a paper when you went in to sort of like educate you a little more, do you think that lady would have felt better 
about that? You know, again, hard to say. Being somebody that that's not been in that experience, I don't know. Um, I would have to defer to people with more experience on the issue than I uh, in terms of how Disney should be handling this or how they should have um, made the switch to this. Um, I, it just, I, I, what I wonder, Jack, is that given, given the amount of animosity and contentiousness on this issue, do you think we're going to see more lawsuits like this on this issue? Undoubtedly, we will. This is uh, just a lawsuit for cognitive impairments. I suspect we'll see one for um, uh, mobility impaired, and those are the two big ones to my thinking. There may be some others that I'm missing, but just expect another multi-plaintiff or even class action lawsuit by the mobility impaired. Now, Disney can do a lot to try and foreclose another lawsuit, they could come out swinging on this one. Mm. In other words, try and file a motion to dismiss and see what the court does. But if it goes much beyond the initial motion to dismiss stage, then think about it. Disney's fighting a bunch of uh, kids who have uh, severe disabilities. Yeah, there's a PR issue there, isn't there? just going to have a nightmare over that. Yeah. And they do, you know, it would be a PR nightmare for them if they were seen, uh, if they were, if they appeared to be attacking families with disabled children over this issue. Um, And that's why it's, it's a, I don't know. Like I said, I've got my opinions on this, but I'm going to keep them to myself because I don't get a vote. I don't get a vote on this. But Jack, thanks very much for joining us. And thank you for that great blog. Encourage everybody to head out blog.wdwinfo.com. Check out Jack's blog. We will also have that in, a link to that in the show notes page, disunplugged.com. Thanks again, Jack. Appreciate it. Thank you, Pete. Thanks, Jack. So lots of, uh, lots of stuff on both sides there. Um, and uh, I'm sure this is not the last time we're going we're gonna to talk about this story. But for now, we're going to move on to our next one, a little bit happier topic. Uh, a few weeks ago, we were talking to you about FastPass Plus. And some of the perceived, uh, some of the changes we, we were hoping were going to be coming. And lo and behold, change has come. Ta-da. Uh, we, uh, first of all, Disney has started selling magic bands in the parks uh, for day guests. And uh, they are twelve ninety five each plus tax. And uh, they can be bought in most of the big big stores mm-hmm. uh, in the theme parks right. and at downtown Disney. And they come in several colors. I'm, I have a blue one here. There's a green one over my shoulder. There's a red one over the other shoulder. <laughs> I have a yellow one somewhere right here. Um, you cannot buy these without attaching them to a ticket, though. So you must have, if you're going in to buy them for your family and your whole family's not with you, you need to have everybody's tickets with you because each band has to be assigned to a ticket or they won't sell it to you. Right. Um, so, yes, all these bands I bought are assigned to my annual pass. <laughs> and I bought all these bands because I wanted different colors to go with depending on what I was I was wearing. And I oh, would, my. I know. I know. I also have I also have day. I also have different different colognes depending on. On what I'm wearing, I match colognes to colors, so it's just it's a thing. Oh, I think cologne to mood. 
No color. I have brown colognes. I have blue colognes. I have black colognes. White colognes. I have colorful colognes. But neither here nor there. My psychosis. All right, Teresa, you had a Teresa moment. My psychosis notwithstanding. Um, the, uh, they are all available now. And uh, if, you do, if you are like me and you decide you want multiple magic bands to coordinate with outfits, and I'm guaranteeing there will be some of you out there that will, um, if you go into the stores and they tell you they can't do it, they're just not properly educated. This is a brand new system. Yes. Um, the first person we talked to said it couldn't be done. And then somebody else came over and said, yes, it can. And they kind of had to figure out exactly what to do, but they were great. We were at the Emporium at the Magic Kingdom, and they were just first-rate, fantastic cast members. And it's Javier over there. Javier, yep, Javier. And when we were in Magic Kingdom yesterday, there's signs outside the stores that sell the Magic Bands. If you're not sure if they sell it or not, there's a sign outside the store. And you are able to uh, – uh, they, they've now also allowed day guests um, and those staying off property to – Book uh, Fast Pass Plus up to 30 days in advance, including guest staying at the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin. You're now getting magic bands as well and uh, can sign up for Fast Pass Plus. So that was something that we were talking about a few weeks ago. And we said, you know, we, at some point they're going to extend it to off, offsite guests. And they now have offsite and day guests. Um, the other big news was that Tom Staggs, the head of uh, Parks and Resorts for Disney, announced that uh, they are working on a system to allow more than three fast passes per day. Uh, what he said was that you get your three fast passes the way you do now. Once you've used your last one, you could go to a kiosk within the park and obtain another one. Once that one was used, you can go to a kiosk again and obtain another one and keep doing that until the end of the day. Uh, they're also, He also said that they are going to start allowing park hopping with Fast Pass Plus. So you will be able to get them in more than one park. So that's big because we've those address the major concerns mm-hmm. that yeah. we've been hearing. Getting more than one Fast Pass or more, more than three Fast Passes, being able to park hop and off-site guests. So, you know, I said a few weeks ago, they're listening. They're listening. Give them your feedback. They are listening. They will adjust. And lo and behold, they listened and adjusted. So... <laughs> So essentially, after your third fast pass is over and done with, it basically turns into a legacy fast pass. You you can book another one, and when it's done, you can get another one, and it's just like when you were putting your tickets in the machine. Except you can do it all from that any kiosk well, anywhere, you know. And right, you have to go to the kiosk for the yeah. for the for the additional ones. The you know the three you can book you know manage on your phone, but the additional ones you need to go to a fast pass plus kiosk. I imagine eventually they'll allow it on the. My Disney Experience app, but, or maybe not. Maybe that's just how they're they're limiting the number of people right. that do it. Makes me think a lot of people are going to try to book those early morning fast passes now, so mm-hmm. they can get the most out. But of their I'll day. tell you something. You know, it's you don't need them if you get there. If you get there, a park opening. You know, I mean, yeah. maybe for certain attractions like Toy Story Mania, that within an hour has a ninety minute wait. Yeah. Uh, okay. Soren's wait goes up pretty quick. Soren too, too. But, but generally speaking, I mean, if you're there at opening. You're going to be able to kind of walk on yeah. to almost anything whenever you feel like it. I think um, when this comes out, you want to make sure you don't use your your Fast Pass Plus reservations in advance for like parades and fireworks, because then you, you're locked in all day until that's over. Right, so if exactly. If you want that fourth one, you're going to have to get earlier stuff 
to then go into that kind of right, especially if it's like an illuminations viewing or something. Then yeah, you, you don't have no option. It. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, I think it's great news, and the bands are great. And I'm going to tell you, I was using them all week, staying at the yacht club. Uh, I got to tell you, they work great. And now you can collect them all. Had not one <laughs> issue, not one issue, not with changing fast passes on my phone, not with charging, not with getting into the parks, redeeming the fast pass. No issue, zero, zero. And that seems to be, and I, I can't believe that I'm the only one having, you know, having that. So um, it's just gotten better and better. They are adjusting it, and um, I'm very happy with it personally. I think Magic Bands are great. The only thing they can do to make these better as an annual pass holder, let me attach my credit card to it so that I can keep paying for things when I'm not checked in at a resort. Right, exactly. Um, because that is fantastic. That just may, just not having to dig your wallet out, not having to dig out your room key. Mm-hmm. Just being able to touch that thing and put your PIN number in, brilliant. Brilliant. I'm also noticing that the cast members are becoming more and more familiar with the technology, and mm-hmm. you can see how you know they're getting better and faster with it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So there you go. That's going to do it for the news. Before we move on to rapid fire, we are going to share some of the captions that we got from last week's photo, which was a picture of Rafiki in a wheelchair during a character breakfast we had out in Disneyland at the Plaza Restaurant last year and uh, got some great uh, some great responses. Uh, Christophe Boulanger. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right or Boulanger. Uh, Disney cast members required to work until the age of 95 before being allowed to retire. Um, I I like that one. Um, Another great one from Terry Sizemore, the not-so-fun phase in the circle of life. (laughs) Um, uh, Denise Trawicki. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Gene Stewart. Uh, Doc says, I can only hold Simba this high from now on. That over-the-head crap throws my back out. (laughs) And my favorite, my personal favorite, Dustin's personal favorite from Denise Trawicki, it is time for my pudding. (laughs) Um, So thanks, guys, for your caption. We have a new photo for this week that we'll be putting on Facebook. And it is, what is this dude's name? Sergio. Sergio the Mime in Italy. Isn't that his name? Mm -hmm. Sergio. And I don't know that he probably says it like that, but... You know, unless he's a porn star. Um, but uh, so we have Sergio the Mime in Italy in an in a interesting position pointing at something with a whistle in his mouth. Because that's apparently how he communicates, he right? Only he communicate via whistle. Oh, it's a whistle. I thought it was one of those like really thin beards. Me too. <laughs> like because it starts yeah. in the chin. No, I don't no, think so. No, he's got a whistle in his mouth. Okay. Yeah. It does um, look like that. So we're going to post that on our Facebook page and add your caption to that photo. And we'll share it on next week's show. So... With that, I'm going to stop talking, and because uh, God, I have talked this entire show, and we're going to move on to rapid fire and Dustin. Yeah, I have some uh, information, um, a little bit of information about the uh, military cruise discounts and the Florida resident uh, Disney Cruise Line discounts that have just come out. <laughs> He's John this week. John always does these rapid fires. <laughs> Well, it, well, I didn't read the news. I actually so. told him to do it. So. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't find anything else that was a little more my speed. So I don't know, you know, I don't know too much about your booking cruises, but I do know that when these um, when these uh, discounts come out, they're fast and furious. They come out really last minute for Florida resident and military discounts, and then I mean the sale dates like now. Yeah, it's usually you know, within a month or two. Right. Quite frankly, 
personally, um, the military rates should be lower, and they should be all the time. Because yeah. um, we're talking also. about we're talking about one hundred and fifty dollars per person per night for a four night cruise. For military families being paid in many cases the embarrassingly disgusting wages that they are paid by our government, it is a, it is a tr- an atrocity what these what some of these families are paid that we have any military family living below the poverty line. It's a crime. Um, that one hundred and fifty dollars per person per night is still too much money, and I don't think it's beyond the pale to ask Disney Cruise Line to say, you know what. Knock it off. Cut a break. Cut that down a lot, and make a lot more of these sailings available to these uh, to these folks. But that's just me. So yeah, they they go from depending on the category and whether it's three night, four night, it goes from one hundred twenty dollars up to one hundred seventy five dollars in that in that range sailings throughout April. Um, and we also have, if I can pull it up here, the Florida resident uh, discounts that uh, must be booked by April 13th. Um, you have 150 on a three-night uh, category nine. It's 150 dollars per night per person. Per, yeah, I'm sorry, I should have said that. And 175 dollars per night per person in a category. Uh, 5C on a four-night in, uh, in April. Uh, I update those every Monday. There's a, a limit on the number of rooms. And for the Florida resident, it's very important that if you book that, you have to provide Disney with your proof of Florida residency within 48 hours, or they will adjust the rate to what the standard how do you do? You have to like fax them your yes. ID or something. Yes, yes. there's a fax wow. and an email address you can send it to, or otherwise they'll adjust the rate to what the the current rate is. When when do they typically do this? Is it always like this time of year? Or is it just any time they're slow? It's just or a, it's, yeah, it's it all year long. All depends on when they have staterooms available. They mm-hmm. need to fill. So a lot of times these will come out uh, very last minute, a few weeks before sailing. Mm-hmm. So you have to be flexible. And as Kathy said, she updates these every week. We'll put make sure we put a link to that on the show notes this week, sure. um, and uh, that we get uh, so people can check it, keep checking it in the future. Check it every Monday it comes mm-hmm. out. Uh, Kathy updates it, so check every Monday and take advantage of these as soon as they come out because they go fast. Okay. So all right, thank you, Dustin, Sean. All right, so uh, mine has to do with social media and Instagram specifically. Um, Walt Disney World and Disneyland have had accounts on Instagram for a while, and now Disney Alani has joined them, and they have their own specific account. It's Instagram slash Instagram.com slash Disney Alani. And I really like the way that these three accounts run. Um, the way that they do it is they search hashtags and they search them their accounts being mentioned by other people that are taking the photos. So guests that are at the resorts or guests that are in the parks, they go and look at these pictures and then they ask them for per- permission and then they'll display it on their own account. Oh, cool. And so it usually provides the person, you know, it's, it shows different people's photos and it kind of shares their memories and stuff like that. But it's, it's not just like a standard. Disney exactly. It's not photo. all yeah. like, you know, stock photography, right. like with the really professional stuff. It's really kind of cute and they, they choose different ones. It has so. that personal touch yeah. to it. So it's cool to go. I would recommend go f- going and following these three accounts because they do good photos and and if you're there, take photos and and, and yeah. tag them like See, crazy. I'm, I'm intrigued by Instagram, but I don't have time for yeah, another social sort of, media. Yeah, <laughs> it's like no, how many I prefer Instagram. I do Facebook. too. Yeah, me too. A lot of I, people do because Facebook is so much drama and Instagram's just pictures. It is. <laughs> right. You can communicate through pictures. It's just I have more friends on Facebook is the other thing. You know. No, I don't know. I don't know, but. Sorry. 
If you like it, Sean, go Sean's, check them out. I'm going to make Sean manage my Instagram account. <laughs> Your own personal one? <laughs> my personal, yeah. I should have, I should have a social media manager. Yeah. You should. I should. Okay. So well, fun. I do. Oh, now. wow. Okay. <laughs> Sha'un is the, is the Sha'un, manager. yes. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that, Sean. Uh, Mrs. Whirling. Okay. The Shamu shows are returning to SeaWorld. The One Ocean, the daily show that's been on hiatus, is coming back April the 11th, so just in a couple of days. Um, right now they're doing run-throughs, so you might not see the whole show if you want to go see it. And Dine with Shamu. Shamu. <laughs> Dine with Shamu. Shamu. With Shamu. Um, comes back on April the 14th. And your pass holders can preview Dine with uh, Shamu on April 12th and 13th at 5.15. Kids eat free with the purchase of an adult meal, and adult pass holders pay twenty six ten, a savings of 10%. That's a weird number. Um, so now they're, they've are they done away. They used to have a side pool where you could um, see them interact with the trainers. Mm-hmm. That's going away. And they're also preparing for a new nighttime show called Shamu's Celebration, Light Up the Night. It's going to debut on june 21st the first night of the park's summer nights promotion the shamu rocks if you're a fan show has been retired oh you caught me off guard cat okay. <laughs> it's kind of like tutus for tanner <laughs> shamu shamu, shamu. <laughs> all right thank you <laughs> thank you kathy <laughs> julie um i have two um my first one is Cars Masters Weekend. It's coming up in June the 14th and 15th. It's at Downtown Disney. This is where they'll have like over 150 classic muscle and exotic cars along the promenade. Um, they will also be they can win awards, so you'll be able to see like which ones were like the top pick. And they have like a big parade too. There's a Disney character meet and greet. Um, you'll be able to meet some of your favorite characters, uh, like Toe Mater. I see him in the mm-hmm. photo from yeah. a previous weekend, and um, auto personality appearances. I have absolutely no idea who this could be, but it says special appearances by automotive legends. Um, years past, Hi. Chip Foose, who is a car designer, is has been there. So I know him from Carsland. Didn't he do like some of the airbrushing stuff? He would like hide the hidden Mickey's uh, in the airbrush. So they're not bringing Leroy from the Exxon up the street. Yeah, I know. Like I have no idea. What they're, you know, this is going to be crazy though because it be. it's crowded under normal conditions, and with the way downtown Disney is. Last year, that, um, sorry. There's Cars Masters merchandise, of course, um, a purchase from large selection of cars theme merchandise and event specific souvenirs, just like they would have at Festival of the Masters and things like that. So, and then the exotic driving driving experience. You'll be able to get up close to real life supercars and learn how you can get behind the wheel at the Walt Disney World Speedway. We were there last year on accident, by accident. And <laughs> I uh, love when he says on accident. And uh, I say that. We kind of got, we were just at Splitsville f- for whatever reason. I think we were just hanging out at uh, uh, downtown Disney and I thought there was a flash mob happening because people started <laughs> coming out singing um, Baby I Can Drive Your Car uh, by the Beatles and then they had a big parade of like muscle cars going through. I had no idea what was happening. It scared me. How about a muscle but, car flash mob? <laughs> <laughs> it was just the singers that threw me off. Oh, it was cool though. I enjoyed it. It, it does look like a lot of fun. Um, maybe we'll brave it this year. Yeah. Also, last week, Disney released um, The Pirate Fairy. It's the newest movie in the Tinkerbell series. You know, my kids, 
new Disney movie. So it was our Friday night movie, and it was I loved it. I think it's my favorite Tinkerbell movie so far. Oh, really? <laughs> well, it has a little backstory to it. Um, it's kind of set sort of before Peter Pan and Captain Hook was an older man. It's when he was young. At least this is what I gathered from it. I'm assuming this is a young Hook Spoiler. who takes advantage of a, a, a fairy who has been shunned because she manipulated pixie dust. And then there's even a tiny crocodile. I'm telling you guys, go watch this movie. It's it is amazing. Cool. <laughs> I've been working on it for years. There's too many spoilers. I was going to watch it. No, you ruined it. no, I did not. You need to go and watch okay, it. And Corey thinks I look like the pirate fairy. I think you should. <laughs> I, I think family uh, family movie night should be uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> she even has a mole like me. I swear. Corey's like you're the pirate fairy. <laughs> but it's a fun movie. If As you have pun, kids, not to be confused with the fairy pirate. <laughs> <laughs> But it was really fun. I think Cars Weekend sounds like a great time, and I think you need to get this movie for your kids. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Julie. Craig. Okay, so there is a new Muppets Most Wanted scavenger game in Epcot now. Um, it didn't replace Phineas and Ferb or anything like that. It's just something that's going on special during Flower and Garden. Um, and you get to take the role as an investigator, either... Uh, like Sam Eagle's character in the film or uh, Ty Burrell's Napoleon character. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you get these packets and then you're supposed to go around and search for clues to try to find Constantine, the evil frog that that tried to get Kermit put in a gulag in case you haven't seen the movie yet. I just ruined it for you. But, um, yeah, so it's just this fun little game. Um, Apparently it only takes about a half an hour to do. if you walk fast, but I'm going to go play it tomorrow. Is there any technology involved or is it like just like a checklist on paper and is it uh, from, old school? From what I can tell, it's just kind of like a, a checklist and you go around, it'll tell you where to look in certain yeah. countries and you have to find like yeah. the wanted posters, all cool. that stuff. But it's kind of like, you know, when you get your stamp yeah. at food and wine, it's a scavenger hunt, but it's a little scavenger hunt. Yeah. Well themed. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Craig. That will do it for rapid fire. And uh, we're going to move on to the top 10 threads on disboards.com. And there's one in particular that I'm very excited to talk about yeah. because uh, it's a little interesting. I'm interested to see what the response is going to be. The number 10 thread uh, last month, Disney is Different Now by Ellie 5 on theme parks, attractions, and strategies. That was uh, I think in, our, in our top 10 for February as well. That uh, feeling that things have changed, um, yeah, and a uh, lot of comments, a lot of comments on that thread. Uh, nine, one of our top threads from last year, state mo- stateroom Mickey ears, and then some by I Drive Illumina uh, on the DCL board. I drive a Dodge Stratus. <laughs> um, I have to say it every time I say that, that screen name. Um, number eight, seventy-five minutes for Haunted Mansion. Time to fire current Disney parks management by 999 Doom Buggies on theme parks, attractions, and strategies. It was the number seven threat from last month that got my attention. Maximize FastPass Plus. Don't link your tickets to my Disney experience. This posted by Scrap Yap on the theme parks, attractions, and strategies board. Let me read you the post, and we will let you do your own research. I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm just sharing the information with you. If you have not done it yet, you might want to consider not making the link between your Disney, uh, your park passes and resort reservations on your My Disney Experience account. 
Keep your park tickets separate from all resort reservations and my Disney experience accounts that you may have. This means you can't make advanced FastPass Plus because my Disney experience requires linked tickets before allowing you to book FastPass in advance. The valuable trade-off is that it also means you can have as many sets of FastPasses as you have Magic Bands, plus a set of FastPasses on your park passes. To make FastPass Plus selections at park kiosks, we recently (coughs) used two sets of bands from months ago, as well as a set from a resort stay that was still a week away at the time. You can also make a set on your park tickets at the kiosks. That gave us each 12 fast passes every day from the park kiosks. Making different sets at different times of day brought up a variety of attractions since people are constantly moving their fast pass times, making their times available. For instance, you might well get a Toy Story Mania fast pass at a kiosk in the late afternoon when another guest has freed it up. And if you want a park hop, you would only use one set of magic bands at the first park and reserve others for the second park. You can only get fast passes from one park if your tickets are linked to My Disney Experience. For some people, keeping the park tickets separate from resort reservations might work best. However, this could change at any time if Disney begins to require the ticket media be used for park admission before it will work on FastPass Plus park kiosks. If your magic bands are not linked to your tickets, you don't use your magic band for park admission. You just bring them along to use at the kiosks. Your tickets get you into the park, but not your magic band. You would also need to make each resort reservation under a separate My Disney Experience account so that each set of bands is entitled to separate FastPass <coughs> selections. So basically, what this person is suggesting is that you make your resort reservations under a different My Disney Experience account. Do not link tickets to it. Um, and then you can use the bands from previous trips because they're all t- each band would technically be under a different My Disney Experience account, and you can use those to make the fast passes. And this is how this person is getting twelve. There's a lot more explanation on the thread. I'm not going to go into it because it confuses the hell out of me. Um, <laughs> I think I've got my head wrapped. But I, I I thought okay, I'm going to share this. My feeling on this sort of stuff is it's not stealing. If it's a loophole, it's for Disney to close it. Um, so there are some people, oh, this is not how the system is supposed to work. It may get all huffy and puffy. I'm personally not going to do it because it's just too much work. Um, but I think it's an interesting loophole. And I think that's what the Internet does is it finds loopholes. And it's up to, you know, people used to do the refillable mug argument, you know, I. Uh, I was one of the people that bought a new mug every time I went. I did, even though I have like 90 of them. (laughs) I would buy a new one every time I went because that was how it was supposed to go. Other people didn't. And, you know, people used to get on me for not stopping that from being discussed on the boards. And I said, that's Disney's responsibility to close that loophole, not mine. No, I'm not here to do Disney's job. If If that's what people are doing and people are sharing that, this is part of sharing the strategies you use when you tour the parks. That's what the boards are for. So I've got no problem with this personally. I don't think it's, you know, if it's a loophole, it's, Dis- it's up to Disney to close. I'm not saying you should do it. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm just putting the information out there because that is my job. But exactly. uh, Well, I- they had one recently that people found that if you reserve <clears throat> what they called a throwaway room, that then you could get, you know, fast passes that way. Like if you were staying off property. Right. 
they've closed that loophole. So, you know, obviously Disney's listening. Yeah, I don't think this loophole is going to last very long, yeah. especially no. now. I think look at your watches. Um, this loophole is going to close fast. I just have to say it would be so exhausting because imagine you had all the same color magic band. You have all gray ones. You have to use post-it notes to mark which one yeah. has the <laughs> Yeah, this It would be miserable. Like, wear them on different parts of your arm. Like, what would you do? You have to put them on your ankles. Yeah. <laughs> this, this loophole is going to become less necessary You know, once these things are in place that you were talking about earlier, having the additional fast pass once your other ones expire, and then also being able to park hop. It's going right. to this, – this loophole doesn't have as much value. Uh, a value Unless you you are getting like sixteen at a time, then obviously, you know, there's some a certain value in that. But I think it was very ingenious. Mm-hmm. That's one of the yeah. reasons I do love the boards. They, folks, Dizzers will find this stuff. God bless them. God bless them. They, it's like uh, it's like water on pavement. It'll find every crack and crevice to get get where it needs to go. I remember when we first started coming to Disney, and on the Diz board, somebody had said if you go to. Um, guest relations at your hotel whatever they call it guest. but to go up and ask at the time they used to have this VIP pass for Planet Hollywood and if you walked up and you asked for it it allowed you to skip the line do you remember when there used to be a long line at Planet Hollywood <laughs> yeah and if you gave them the pass you got up the steps and you were like seated at the next available table and when I went to the cast member and asked for this he just got a big smile on his face like how did you hear about this you and I, went, oh, I, I saw it you know on a bulletin board or whatever and the people i had on with campus. me were like oh this this can't be right and we got there and they escorted us up the steps and we got our you know and i'm like ah the diz is the place to go they know where all these <laughs> tips and hints are exactly i wonder if that's still available <laughs> oh. could use why don't you go um, check that out yeah. there's not going to be a line dustin <laughs> you can walk right up <laughs> All right, number six, uh, new ticket upgrade policy posted by Pusey on theme parks, attractions, and strategies. Um, number five, our Unmagical Day by Katie Bug, Ladybug on the Family's Board. I think that's a holdover from February as well. That was a more rather contentious, yeah. uh, contentious thread. Uh, four, uh, Free Dining 2014 on the Rumors Board by Brit Marie 04. Number three, has anyone heard rumblings about Tim Burton doing Mary Poppins on the community board uh, by Four is Enough? Um, or, excuse me, f- yes, Four is Enough. Um, is, is there really a rumor? No, this going? was April Fool's. This was, oh, that was an April yeah, Fool's. Yeah. Yeah. He made a poster. It was, it was on, on April Fool's yeah. Day. Because that would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be hilarious. That Danny was Elfman April doing, I mean, uh, yeah, Danny Elfman, the, the, the music. Danny um, and the thing. Number two, the number two thread, opening day pricing on the Disney Cruise Line Forum. That, of course, for the 2015 sailings, which was the big, 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 big topic of conversation there for a few days, uh, especially the pricing. And the number one thread on Disboards.com for the month of March by Mesa Boy 2, FastPass Plus, Basic Info. That was the thread that we referenced uh, a few weeks ago on our Fast Pass Plus segment, amazing thread, fantastic thread, great job by Mesa Boy too. Constantly being updated, and that it is. He's really doing great at, at keeping that very up to date. So thank you for that. Uh, and that is the number one thread on Disports.com for the month of March. So we'll have a link to all of those in the show notes page, DizUnplugged.com. And finally, our poll question for this week. 
Now that Disney has announced they are working at giving guests additional daily fast passes and that they will be allowing park hopping as part of the program, does that change your feeling about fast pass? Uh, the options that we've put down are yes, it makes me feel better about the program. No, I still don't like FastPass, or I still have concerns about the program. Or no, I always liked FastPass Plus, and I still do. Head out to facebook.com slash disunplugged and answer the poll. And as we do every week, we will select one visitor, one person at random each week to win a $50 Disney gift card. So that's our poll for this week. So, And that is also going to do it for our show. If you are watching live, stay tuned because we're going to talk about our favorite little things at Walt Disney World. And we have some of yours that you've shared with us as well. And that will do it. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back with you again next time with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Take care.